Welcome to eHealth Talk, a podcast from Health Informatics New Zealand and hosted by me, editor of eHealth News, Rebecca Macbeth. This podcast provides a regular roundup of news and views from across New Zealand's data and digital health sector. Please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Kia ora and welcome to eHealth Talk NZ. Thanks to the College of Nurses Aotearoa for sponsoring this podcast episode, which is the first of four collaborations we will do throughout the year. Today, I'm joined by Strategic Projects Manager at the College, Liz Manning, and Deputy Chief Executive at the New Zealand Institute of Economic Research, Todd Creeble. Welcome on the show, Liz and Todd. I understand you're currently working on a series of online workshops for nurses, focusing on health policy and strategy. Can you tell our listeners more about these and what will nurses gain from attending? Well, there are 60,000 registered nurses in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and nurses do seem to find their way into all sorts of roles, whether it's um, you know, leadership roles on the clinic floor, in the community, uh, in the boardroom, in front of ministers from time to time. Uh, nurses make and influence decisions yeah, pretty much every day. So the idea of the course is to equip nurses with the know-how to be uh, more influential in the boardroom and at the cabinet table where the big decisions get made. Um, yeah, I agree with Todd. The, you know, we've got registered nurses and nurse practitioners in New Zealand working closely alongside people in every aspect of health service. And they have a vital knowledge and a perspective on what works and what does not work. And we're not harnessing that knowledge and expertise. But the problem is twofold, actually, that nurses are not invited to be around the table. And when they are invited, may lack the skills and the techniques to ensure they're heard and taken seriously. We also think that if more nurses have that skill and that confidence, we would be much more assertive at demanding our essential place at the table. So through this course, through the knowledge and skills that Todd and um, Sarah Hogan from NZIER will give us, um, we're keen to equip nurses with new knowledge and new language regarding policy, strategy and government. Great. Well, they sound like a really good initiative. So how did the idea for the workshops evolve and who's been involved in putting them together? Well, the College of Nurses ran a two-day health policy workshop in October 2019 and managed to secure speakers from the World Health Organization, New Zealand Treasury and NZIER, which is when Todd and I unbeknownst to him, started a collaboration, which has led to other presentations, to nursing leadership groups. And we've actually co-written an editorial in Nursing Practice Aotearoa at the start of 2021 on this topic. So Tom and Sarah have a specific knowledge, which in nursing we just haven't had access to. They understand the health space from a policy and funding perspective have a really effective way of sharing this knowledge. So, you know, at the college, we deeply appreciate Todd and Sarah's enthusiasm in supporting these different endeavours. It's fantastic. Yeah, just to add to that from my perspective, um, I have spent some time at that top table in the centre in Wellington, and I I have seen firsthand how health professionals can get uh, real frustrated from time to time because uh, public policy and the machinery of government is very much a, a foreign language. It's a language of the policy advisors, of health economists, the political advisors, ministers, and there's a process that's not always you know, clear. It can be a bit looking rather opaque and mysterious to people. So the idea is that we want to demystify some of that. And in my experience, too, it's the health professionals that have really worked out how that system works that can be the most effective. Uh, otherwise, you, you, know, you run the risk of just kind of bashing your head against, against this um, metal machine that's not, that's not going to yield. 
Uh, we've also done similar courses at Victoria on health policy, public policy, and machinery of government. And yeah, working with Liz, we just saw a great opportunity here to demystify the situation and support nurses to navigate the corridors of power and make sure they get heard and you know win, win the arguments of the day on their merits. Yeah, that's interesting because language is such an important part of any kind of successful project and getting your different groups talking to each other, I guess. In digital health, it's often getting the health professionals and IT people to communicate. And sometimes you actually need a sort of translator in the middle to do that. So can you give an example of the kind of language that health professionals might not be familiar with or that the other side might not be familiar with, that health professionals use that the two sides just don't always quite understand each other. Well, I can think of uh, in Parliament, for example, there's all sorts of the language around bills going through and first stage, second stage. You've got issues around fiscal policy and how the budget gets put together and what the, you know, what the estimates are and what has to be contained in various reports and things like that or what are regulatory impact statement is really about. There's all this language, which is completely and utterly demystifiable to some real basic stuff. And we want to make sure we're getting those clarified in a simple and straightforward way to, like I say, demystify it because the language can be disempowering. So we really want to make sure that it's, um, we flip that right on its head. And I think certainly from a health perspective, there's a language of health. Each of the disciplines in health have their own language as well. It can be quite um, difficult what Todd's described there is exactly what we have never really had access to is understanding what that means. And I think doing the two-day workshop that we did in 2019, for me especially, it helped me understand that sometimes the policy process is very, very similar to project management. And there are processes within project management that would help to um, with the policy, understanding the policy process. There's lots of things that we can use in there. But yeah, that foreign language of policy it, it is. It is a really different way of speaking. Interesting. You might need a Google Translate app or something <laughs> to be brought in so that one knows what the other one is saying, especially because, yeah, the policy people could do with understanding, but more of the health language as well, I'm sure, so that they're more in tune with what's happening clinically. Sometimes people can be trying to say the same things, but they're not actually communicating. So we can be empowering for nurses. Mm, for sure. So I think we've touched on it a little bit, but generally, why are these workshops needed? So what's the problem you're looking to solve when it comes to nurses being involved in developing policy and strategy? And We've said there's a huge number of nurses in Aotearoa. Nurses are everywhere. We are, as Todd has said, in the front line. Uh, clinicians. And, you know, we've got nurses who are actually CEOs of DHBs, for example. Um, so nurses are all over the place, by far the biggest health workforce, yet we're seldom heard. There are articles and reports from around the world, um, including one that was put out in 2020 from the World Health Organization, uh, which was uh, called State of the World's Nursing 2020, Investing in Education, Jobs and Leadership, which call for more nurses to be engaged in health policy and government. And over the years, we just don't see much in the way of change. It's not just a problem for Aotearoa, it's an international problem. Nurses are not in that space. And what's the benefits of having nurses involved? Why do we want them involved in strategy and policy? My reflection on this is that nurses, like they are natural coordinators. They are working across the board. They bring stuff together. They develop consensus. They have to listen to different points of view. And some of those things are very much at the foundation of um, policy advice and the whole policy process and working that machinery of government. So 
they are they are natural leaders and they can drive process and they can drive um, discussion and dialogue. It's and, you know, nurses understand being evidence based and having frameworks to get things done. So, again, there might be different professions, but there's an awful lot of parallel that we can bring together. And I, I do think Todd's absolutely right. Nurses are leaders. I mean, our, our, our competencies um, have a leadership component in the profession so um, and we're coordinators of care we're often described as the glue that holds healthcare together but um we're invisible we're not seen and we're not heard um, many nurses won't um go out and give an opinion on things that are happening around the healthcare system very often if we're working in an organization you know organizational policy says we can't say, say what we want to say so we have to be really careful about that. But, you know, nurses are, like I say, everywhere. And we need to be able to free up their expertise and their knowledge, um, which is, is really, really important. Yeah, and I guess, you know, New Zealand, like other health systems globally, is moving towards being more consumer-centred, trying to be more in touch with the consumer's needs and enabling consumer self-care and things like that. And I imagine nurses are probably have the greatest number of touch points and the probably spend the most time with patients, I would imagine, out of, um, you know, the clinical groups. So do you think that puts them in an interesting position now, especially as we are going through reforms and things, uh, you know, and one of the key part of that is that the consumers being more in control and trying to focus in on that patient journey? One thing I could add to that is in economics, you talk about who's got the best information, who's closest to the action. And absolutely, yeah. nurses are extremely close to the action. And that's that's not that knowledge is power. And, you know, collectively, nurses would see patterns and they'd see cause and effect. So these are the exact kind of things that you want to bring bring to bear, test them out as evidence. But they're utterly critical to um, policy. And I can tell you that ministers are real keen to make sure stuff works in practice on the ground. And you meant, we mentioned health reforms, and there's a lot of structural stuff happening. But at the end of the day, and if you look, there are a set of five shifts that the health transition unit has released. And one of those is very much about moving to much more patient-centric care. So what does that look like? How do we want to define it? How would we know if we're getting there? Those are the kinds of things that nurses can absolutely um, be very much part of. So that, that, to me, is a real good example of where nurses can be more, more involved in policy, setting some targets, Making, getting a definition right of what we mean by patient-centred health services. Yeah, absolutely. I think we also need to inf help inform nurses how to give those opinions, and that's what we're trying to do here. You know, I do a lot of feedback on consultation documents that come through the college, that come through other organisations that I work with, and we try to, you know, always have a voice on consultations that come through wherever they're from. And it's really hard to get nurses to feedback on that sometimes. They're very, very busy in their everyday. So to add another thing on top, which might be something they're going to have to spend quite a bit of time thinking about and processing and what, you know, what um, professionally, organisationally and personally do I feel about this topic? Um, and it's really hard to get that feedback from them. So I just think anything we can do to make it easier for nurses to engage is a win. I know that you mentioned in um, preparing for this podcast that international research showed that people don't associate nurses traditionally with health, but with providing care. Uh, can you talk more about that distinction and what it means for those working in a feminized profession like nursing? Well, the focus on my recent research has, has been on nurses in policy. That was certainly a component of it. And I, I found that as a feminized 
profession um, associated with the delivery of care, the people I talked to said, you know, we're not we're not actually people. It's kind of dissonant. There's a dissonance when we talk about nurses working in leadership strategy policy. People can it's kind of jarring for people to understand that nurses are in those spaces. And the result of that is that nurses who are currently working in policy, some of them choose not to declare that they're a nurse. They choose not to declare their nursing background as they believe quite strongly that their work and advice would be less valued if they were understood to be nurses. The dominant language in the higher levels of health, as we've said, is that of politics, funding and public health, not nursing. Um, So the control of language elevates one group to dominance and pushes others to the margins. Um, So nursing is, despite the numbers of them, um, unfortunately quite marginalised and viewed as of lower value um, knowledge than others. And there are numerous examples, certainly um, from personal experience and, and, and experience of talking with people leading other groups where key advisory groups are set up maybe in the ministry, maybe in other um, key groups with health workforce representation, but not nurses. Then if there's a chance, you know, to say, let's get it, we need a nurse in here, we need a nursing voice in here, and and we kind of push that and get nurse in there, they're often in the invidious position then of being dropped into a powerful group without the language to successfully engage, which is what we've brought up. So I think, you know, for me, nurses need to be more prepared and the nursing profession needs to be more prepared. Yes, certainly. It's interesting what you said about um, how busy they are as well, which we've been hearing a lot about in the news. That situation seems to be getting worse, not better. So, yeah, creating that space, I imagine, is another um, another issue to tackle. So, Todd, can you tell our listeners about how the workshops will run? What topics or themes will they cover? Yes, they're uh, going to be very fast-paced. So Sarah Hogan, my colleague, who will be um, co-delivering this with me, she's a trained teacher. So we've come up with this 2020 concept. So it'll be 20-minute presentation, 20-minute discussion. Some of that might run over. So it's uh, don't be late. Make sure you're on time. You've got the hour, and we're going to fly through um, material. So it'll be it'll be fast and furious. And yet we want to make sure that we're keeping that really high in, as high energy as we can. Uh, the subject matter for the sessions that we've got outlined include machinery of government, the policy process itself, options analysis, which I would just say is a really important one again, so that as nurses are um, demonstrating it, they see the bigger picture and they can see that there are choice choices. That's a really critical thing in terms of um, getting credibility in a, in a policy environment. Uh, policy tools are different ways you can approach and analyze a problem. Reviewing cabinet papers. Now, it might be or might not be the case that nurses end up in front of the cabinet ministers, but the idea is you really need, do need to know how to engage with the production of that kind of advice. We've got a session on the art and craft of advising because there's doing analysis, but there's also how you communicate it, how you get it across, and um, how you craft that. And I think, yeah, there's art and science here, so we're really trying to bring both of those to bear. The final session then is on working with boards because there are lots of Crown Entity Boards in the health system. We've got Health NZ now being set up as the largest um, probably employer in the country where nurses will be working. Uh, we've got the Health Quality and Safety Commission. We've got, you know, there are a range of agencies out there and there are NGOs, there are other departments. So it's understanding how some of that governance gets done and some of it can be below the radar. And again, as Liz is saying, it's all about to be in the corridors of power and to speak the language. We want to make sure that nurses have a sense of who's actually holding these decision rights and who's making these decisions. 
So, yeah, there'll be high octane uh, late afternoon. Don't be late. So we um, just want to draw attention to the fact we do have the Office of the Chief, Chief Nursing Officer at the Ministry of Health. And that's a fantastic team of people who are working and doing this sort of thing um, at the moment uh, is one example. And we need a succession plan. We need to make sure we have people coming through who can pick up these top jobs around the, the nursing profession. We've got the nursing council. We've got, you know, the key bodies um, of nursing and and. and it's, it can be really difficult to find people who've got the experience and the expertise to work into these jobs who are going to be doing the very things that Todd's been describing. And do you see, you know, we are going into a period of change for the health system. Do you see this as a real opportunity to change the way nurses are perceived or get more nurses into certain roles or have that voice heard in terms of a lot of things are being thrown up in the air a little bit, aren't they, and seeing where they where they settle. So what would you say about the sort of the opportunity that we've got in 2022? There's, pl- there's so much change coming and there's so much yet to be done. I mean, it's just getting the legislation in place. But the real key thing is deciding who gets put into these governance roles, who gets, um, you know, hired as chief executive and putting their management teams together. That's going to take a while. And, um, you know, I think there's every opportunity here for health professionals. And as we say, nurses pretty much um, very central to that, to be uh, in positions of decision making and or influencing those decisions right across the board. Yeah, thanks, Todd. So what are you hoping to achieve with these workshops, Liz, and what will the outputs be? I'd like to see the nursing profession recognise support and, and most importantly to trust nursing colleagues who already work non-clinically in policy and strategy spaces. My recent research has shown there's a, there is a professional constraint within nursing, within the profession, where once a nurse moves away from clinical care delivery or clinical management, they're actually no longer viewed as real nurses. And that's that's quite a difficult position to be in because you're further marginalised then. And in fact, you don't lose that knowledge. You augment it. You you build on it um, and you take your nursing knowledge with you. So I think the transferable skills that are going to be covered in this course will give nurse lead, I hope, will give nurse leaders more confidence um, in a variety of health governance uh, roles and strategy settings. So I also hope that the increasing network of nurses, and we talked about this just then, Nurses who understand a new language and way of working will help surface the diversity of nursing and the value of nursing knowledge and decision making. You know, it's like I said earlier around that dissonance that, uh, you know, a nurse is clinical, a nurse is associated with hospital, a nurse is associated with delivery of care. And in fact, there's a vast array of positions that nurses um, are currently in. So, One of the important things we also need to consider is this is two ways. You know, we need to socialise people who are currently in policy and government spaces to welcome um, and seek out nurses to give an opinion. As we've said, nurses have a a view across the whole of health. Um, They have a a valuable contribution to make and uh, the nursing voice is vital. We want to see nurses feeling more empowered and more confident than ever. Um, that they know how to get heard, be heard, and maximise their input yeah, to good, good decision-making about the future, um, future of our health system. Um, we've only got 14 places for each course. 
but we are on in two courses this year. The registration will be on the College of Nurses website, which is nurse.org.nz. So if people want to have a look on there, they can register um, through that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Todd and Liz. It's been a great discussion. And to our listeners, if you want to find out more about the workshops, you can go to the college website, as Liz mentioned, nurse.org.nz. Until next time. Thanks for listening to eHealth Talk. Be sure to subscribe and share with your colleagues and friends. eHealth Talk, eHealth News and the eHealth TV webinar series are supported by Health Informatics New Zealand. See hins.org.nz for more information and become a member starting at just $17 a month. We also have affordable organisational membership options now for both our industry partners and healthcare providers.